How to Be Mediocre by J.D. De Palma, primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin, with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books. Chapter 2. A Day in the Life. So I wake up the next day feeling fresh as an open bag of manure. I'm pretty sure being hit with a shovel is far more pleasing than your support system giving up on you. But this is how it is. Even if I had made it, sometimes a record label will not have faith in the work you do. Sometimes you have to crack your fingers, look yourself in the mirror, and say, It's go time! I'm pretty sure if all those action heroes can do it, I can too. When I get home, I'm going to figure out a kick-ass song and prove to everyone I'm not a loser. But until then, I've got to work and then attend the school my parents have paid for like a blessing. Oh, am I kidding here? It's not going to happen. <laughs> that, quite literally, is how most of my mornings are. A hot cup of optimism to be spiked with a shot of steaming reality. Look at it sitting there like vegetable oil on top of water, highlighting differences in density. Speaking of which, that's what my preceptor is showing my class today. I take a shower and sift through the checklist in my head on what I have for today. I don't know why I think about it in the shower, since it feels like two different types of drowning. <laughs> and of course, Bruce is there licking my leg to try and get some water. I get out and fill the bowl for the silly creature. Man, some days I wish I had it as easy as he does. All he has to remember is where to poop and which couch not to jump on after Mom cleans it. All greeted with a nice belly rub and treat. Lucky little twerp. I get dressed in my usual sweater vest and khakis. The kids usually get upset if I don't wear my vest. It's become my thing, although I did try the whole Angus Young get-up with an inflatable SG to walk around with for Halloween. It was all fun and games until I bent to get a pencil and ripped a hole exposing my butt crack. I almost was seen, but I walked horizontally to the bathroom with a pin to close the back end of my shorts. I could have been forced to stay at least 500 feet away from the school if I had been caught. My car isn't too much of a dumpster pile, but a 2004 Jeep Wrangler sure knows how to fall apart if it knows how to do anything at all. Girls sure do love a lift kit with the doors off in the summer, though. The commute to school is only about 20 minutes, but I make it about 30, waiting in line for coffee. Molding America's youth is tiring work, especially with the shit pay that TAs get, I can't wait for the pay bump when I graduate. Cut to my dumbass spilling coffee all over me while putting a bit of sugar in. So now I look like I used to look in third grade with a water fountain. Or, if you want to get to the pathetic part, last summer at the Honolulu beach party for the staff. Although, to be fair, in third grade it wasn't either my fault or real. <laughs> I run into the bathroom to try and dry it off for a split second, but... It never seems to really help. Guess I'll be walking around all day with my jacket in the front and tied around my waist like a kid on 90s Nickelodeon. Huh. It's scenarios like this that make me come back to Earth and send my delusion of fame and fortune down with it. I can't even keep coffee together, so how am I supposed to play the garden with a stain on my pants? I ought to stamp loser on a couple of different angles of my head so that I'm covered 360 degrees. But 
then I get in the car and a killer song comes on the radio and I fly full speed to work with all green lights and get a good parking spot. And so I feel all ten kinds of awesome. If you think the sudden ups and downs are a little concerning, I've noticed them as well. The truth is, the feeling of trying to make it in this world comes and goes this often. To be able to stay positive and know that I have made a positive impact with music is all I want. Any observer of my situation can point out that I already make a contribution and impact by helping kids. And they're right. I do. But the impact with music is something I just want a little notoriety for. If not the world, just a little respect on my scene. I live on Long Island in New York. It has God knows how many bars, but the venues you want to play are well known. The Last Exit Club, Point Ollie's Bar and Grill, and even some of the coffee houses like Milk and Sugar. Those are the spots most bands play. The crowds are either really vocal or talk shit behind your back. So, if you suck, you'll know it. But in the worst ways. The kicker here is, I've been told I'm really good and should keep going. The agonizing disappointment is just becoming too much to handle. I love writing music, and I don't know if writing is something I can stop doing. Give me a little time, and I can figure out where you want the song to go and how to make it appealing, but lately, every time I get up on the stage, I realize, fuck, I'm gonna be here a while. Doing things for me is really not how making it works. To really make it... You have to love performing and singing things to which you had little to no contribution in their creation, unless you really are the best of the best with writing. I know I have talent, but I'm not good enough. It's like I want to perform, but have no interest in what a ghostwriter wants. I'm sure it would be great if I could put as much knowledge and effort as I do with music and art into work, though. There's nothing quite like that morning wake up and hearing your first class roar with morning hormones while you open the door. God, I hate middle schoolers. But the kid I sit with is pretty awesome. Bobby has autism, but is far smarter than me or anyone my age. He just has a hard time with his behavior and staying focused. So I sit next to him and practically point my finger on his paper and say, Focus! After about six and a half hours of paper tapping, I run home and shower before going out to school. Although, I can't help but notice something peculiar about my car. You see, I never drive a car with a tire that's flat. It's so bizarre. It's like I grabbed the wrong tire for my car today, just threw it on by accident while leaving the house. <laughs> Sarcasm has become the best coping mechanism for frustration. Beats throwing a fit and jumping up and down like a pissed-off student when we commandeer a vape pen. I've no fathomable understanding of why kids use these things. They don't have enough problems in life to know about smoking in order to de-stress. I used to be a pack-a-day smoker until it killed my singing voice. Like, I'll need it in the future anyway. <laughs> I zip through traffic and hop in the shower to be greeted by a particular poodle. I lay low for a little while and grab some food. I hate cooking for myself. It makes me feel self-sufficient. Uh, no, I'm not that totally useless, just lazy. 
I grab some food from the nearest fast food joint while dripping their special sauce down onto my beard and driving with one hand. Nobody can drive and eat quite like me. I've got it down to a science. I plop the fries and drink in the cup holder while... Oh, wait, why am I telling you? Piss off! It's my secret! <laughs> I whip into the parking lot, then jolt the building, all the while crying on the inside at the stomach cramp I have from eating fried food too fast and then running. I'm quite the slob and dope. I'm well aware. So now you've seen what my normal day consists of. Pretty bland, isn't it? It was all pretty bland, until this happens. I turned a corner, and out of nowhere, I felt something nail me in the back of my head, and I crashed to the ground. Oh my god, I'm so sorry! A total babe yells as she jumps down the steps two at a time. No worries, I'm okay. I say while pushing my sweatshirt to my head to stop the bleeding. She holds the sweatshirt from me for a while. I rest on the wall. Did it hurt? Do any of you ever have an inner monologue? Of course not. You're normal people. <laughs> My inner monologue is using the Carlin seven dirty words in various sentences that could scare away anyone. But I have to play it cool, you know? <laughs> A little bit, but it shouldn't be too bad. Are you okay? Yeah, I was just... Oh, you're gonna laugh at me. Try me. Well... The new Slipknot just came out, and I've been air drumming the blast beats all day. So it just slipped out of my hand, and- Ladies and gentlemen, if you think I stopped listening because of a severe head injury, you're only partially right. The fact that this woman listens to Slipknot all the while knowing what a blast beat is ordinarily makes my heart pump enough blood to keep all systems going. However, in this case, it's rushing to my forehead to clot the wound. <laughs> I didn't even give a shit I was now late to a class that I'm only allowed two absences for. For a girl like this, whom destiny reaches out and shucks literature at you for, you stop and pay attention. I look at her in sweet sincerity and utter, to be fair, uh, Weinberg does an outstanding job and nailed the last album. <laughs> she looked at me as though I just uttered the secret phrase to her heart. This felt right. Keep in mind, I was engaged to be married, and I wasn't this optimistic in the entirety of our relationship. It's almost like that book to the head just dropped a shitty four-year relationship out and dropped in the most euphoric 70 seconds of my life. You like other types of music? Oh yeah, a primary thing I spend my income on. It's what I wake up in the morning for. She bites her lip in a way that makes her seem a bit turned on. <laughs> Hell, I'm down. I was supposed to go to this concert on Friday, but my friend didn't buy me a ticket, so I can't go now. Anyone else buy an opening to flirt? Oh, I do. I say with as much cool as I can muster. So that means you're free on Friday for dinner then? I've never seen anyone blush this hard. Nailed it! This has been How to Be Mediocre by J.D. De Palma, primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books.